This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Love Brand You, the show about personal branding, how your values, beliefs, and actions help you define and discover your calling and the evolution of you and your brand. I'm your host, Sam Rafus. On today's show, we are talking about goals. It's one thing to set goals, but much harder to achieve them. According to an online article from Inc.com by Marcel Schwantz, who is the principal and founder of the Leadership from the Core, science says 92% of people don't achieve their goals. It's middle of December. We're thinking about the new year already. Hard to believe 2018 coming upon us. According to research by the University of Scranton, a staggering 92% of people that set New Year's goals never actually achieve them. If you are serious about goal setting, here's what the high achievers say you need to do. Set goals that are specific and challenging, but not too hard. Be passionate about your goals and committed to the end. Use a feedback cycle to track your progress. Align all your goals. Lean on trusted advisors. Avoid multitasking. And the overall point to note is consistency. And Aristotle nailed it more than 2,000 years ago when he said, we are what we repeatedly do. My guest today is one of the 8%, the high achievers that set challenging goals and does what it takes to achieve them. Let me introduce you to Martin Parnell. In 2010, following a 25-year mining career, Martin started his Quest for Kids initiative. Over the next five years, he completed 10 quests. These included running 250 marathons in one year, setting five Guinness World Records, five, yes, five Guinness World Records in endurance events and summiting Mount Kilimanjaro in 21 hours. At the end of 2014, he had raised over 1.3 million for the humanitarian organization Right to Play. And 27,000 children had been given the gift of hope. Martin's first book, Marathon Quest, was published by Rocky Mountain Books, and CBC Radio listed him as one of Alberta's top five authors for uh, 2014. His second book, Running to the Edge, was released in November 2016. Throughout keynotes and workshops, Martin shares his message of having a finish, finish the race attitude, setting goals and overcoming obstacles to unlock your potential. Welcome, Martin. Yeah, hi, Sam. 
Martin, I've known you for a few years and have always been impressed by your quiet confidence, your friendly smile, and your ability to make me feel welcome in your presence every time I see you. I've been reading your book, Marathon Quest, and this theme is throughout the pages of your story. I have to say I'm in awe of your humility, your kindness, and your compassion for everyone you share your time with. Listeners, I would love to launch into so many of my favorite moments in Martin's book, but for now, I want to share one with you. On page 51, Martin, while riding in the Tour d'Afrique, Martin tells of the two young boys playing ping pong on the side of the road in Ethiopia. Martin stopped riding his bike to play ping pong with these local superstars. Every time I think of it, it makes me smile. I can just imagine the African desert road and coming upon two, two little boys playing ping pong. There's so many of these funny, touching stories throughout the book, as well as Martin's TEDx YYC talk that I'd love to hear more about. And I'm sure you would too. For now, Martin, I'm passing the microphone over to you. Start us off by sharing your backstory and why you do what you do. Great, thank you. It, uh, I think the point I was uh, in 2002, it was a December, um, about this time of year, I was living in Sudbury, Ontario, and I received a from my younger brother, Peter. And uh, we had a little chat, a little bit of, you know, sort of small talk. And out of the blue, he said, I challenge you to a marathon. Now, the only, and I said yes right away, the only issue was I didn't run. Uh, in England, I was a little bit, I think you call, could call it, I was a, um, a huggable child. I was a little bit of a, a large boy, and I was always picked last for sports. So sports, I love sports, beat sportsmen or anything like that. So, you know, I said yes, and then, of course, I had to start training. And I did. I, I, I got help from the local running club in Sudbury, and in July of 2003, I ran my very first uh, marathon, um, actually against my brother, Peter and Andrew. So, you know, my running career had started, but to be honest, Sam, uh, it, it filled a big gap in my life. Just a year earlier in 2001, my wife, Wendy, had died, and I was in a very dark place. And to be honest, running, so, um, you know, it's been a very, very rough time, and from doing the first marathon, I, I, I ran in Boston. I did the Boston Marathon and got into triathlon. And you, you mentioned the trip to Africa, and that was in 2005. And really, that was where I saw the power of sport with children. You mentioned the two boys playing table tennis. Well, I ended up playing table tennis with the boys and running in Africa and uh, doing all sorts of sports with them. And I realized that sport is a great equalizer. It doesn't matter your age or your culture, gender. Um, everyone is equal when it comes to sport. And so 
Uh, I came back to Canada from my trip in Africa, uh, and I wanted to give back. And through maintenance, my friend Tom, I learned to play the, the humanitarian organization. I decided I wanted to do something. And that's where the idea of running marathons to try and raise money to help these kids came from. And why, what was the significance of 250? Well, it was the, the, my original idea, Sam, was to run 365, to be honest. Oh, every, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> every single day of the year was my first thought. But when I told my wife, Sue, she told me, to see the doctor so I went to see my local my local doctor in Cochrane and he kind of talked me out of the 365 and he said Martin why don't you if you're going to do this why don't you look at running a marathon um, a marathon every day five days a week rather than the whole seven so instead of 365 which I think Sue was right it, that was not a good idea <laughs> I ended up attempting attempting to run the 250 marathon starting on January the 1st, 2010. And if I remember correctly from, from the book, wasn't it bitterly cold? That first marathon, we were uh, a group of us were on the 1A in Cochrane, and it was minus 32 degrees. Oh. Minus 32 degrees, and we took five and a half hours to do that uh, that first marathon. But I've... So I've got to tell you, over the year, it was, I got injured. There was lots of things that really, you know, obstacles to overcome. And this is where the whole idea of goal setting and, and having the finish the race attitude, I think, you know, began. But I have to say one thing that got me through the year was every uh, Thursday, I would run at a local school. So I'd go to the school, I'd talk to the children about right to play. And then I'd run a hundred times around their soccer field, around and around the whole day. And the children would join me in the, in the morning, lunchtime. But at the very end of the day, they would finish off the, the marathon with me. And what really blew me away was they would give me their pocket money, their loony and toonies to help the other kids. And it was just, you know, I could have had the worst week of running marathons. But when those children gave me their toonie and loonies, my spirit soared, Sam. It was, it was huge to, to get that support. Well, and it's a, not only about you having a goal, but it's about kids being able to be a part of it. And that's what's so beautiful when I'm reading your stories is we all get to share in your goal of whether it be the marathons, whether it be raising money, we can all give back. And maybe maybe we all don't love running or want to run. I mean, I know I certainly don't. It's not what I like to do. But when I can be a part of it and you're doing it, it still feels like we're in a shared goal. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's really... Really, it's about finding your passion. Uh, for me, you know, I found my passion in running relatively late in life. I mean, I was 47. And so, but I think, you know, if you can find your passion, whatever it is, and this ties in a little bit to my uh, TEDx talk that I gave recently on it, it was titled Life is a Relay. And it was really all about uh, exploding out of hitting your stride and then passing the baton. And for, for uh, you know, for me, for you, for, for all of us, exploding out of the blocks is when you find your passion. What do you really love to do? And then 
um, hitting journey. So it, it's not a straight line. It's all over the place and different things happen. But that's the learning and that's working together. And then passing the baton is when you share, when you share what you've learned. You pass it on to somebody to help them on their journey. So absolutely, this is a sharing thing. This is a community thing that we can all make a difference. Exactly. And you touched on passion. And again, at the beginning, when I was talking, referring to the article and the points about, you know, what makes people achieve their goals, the one, the one goal, or sorry, the one uh, part of it is be passionate about your goals and, and committed to the end. You are committed to every goal that you do. And again, I, I see that. I read that in your books. What are your core values that, that keep you committed to your goals? I've been thinking about that, Sam, and I think a key for me anyway, a key thing is to help others, whether it's family, friends, or even people I don't know, uh, to help others to unlock their potential potential i think i think we can all do a lot more than we think we can you know we 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 look at examples of olympians and people who have achieved amazing things and think oh my gosh like they can do it you know they can and it's like you know they have some special skill well the reality is it's no good comparing yourself others do the key is what can you do to your potential it's as simple as that and the only person in a way you're competing against is yourself. So, so look at yourself. What can I do? What can I learn? And how can I maximize that? How can I maximize my potential? And that is really the key question. I like that. And as you were saying, you know, part of your values is just helping people. And I think for me, that is, that's a big core value of mine too. I've always been service oriented. I, I like helping. What is it that I can do to promote people? And so many people on the show are like that because of the show being Love Brand You. So I, I think we're, we're finding each other through this show to share our shared passions, to share what we want others to to hear that not only that we've done but just what you had said that we we all have the potential so moving into who is somebody in your life that's had a profound impact you you talk about passing the baton on to others who is it that you followed after that impacted you So somebody that really from a relatively early age I've been aware of and specifically when I came to Canada at the age of 21 back in uh, the late 70s, I heard about this young man uh, called Terry Fox who was trying to run across the country and the story just built and built and you know, I mean, I would have to say almost every Canadian knows Terry's story yeah. of overcoming because of, of just an unbelievable passion and drive to achieve something and basically to give to give his all and that's what Terry did and and you know over the years from early 80s 
um, all the way through to now. Like Terry's story for me is only getting stronger and stronger. And for me, when I'm specifically out running and I'm in nature uh, by the river or by the sea or in the mountains, I think the spirit of Terry is with me. And, and I use that for, for me, you know, that's the person that resonates and will continue to resonate with me as I go along my journey. That that's profound because we can relate as Canadians. Like you said, everybody knows who Terry Fox is. So we have to take a break, but I know that you had something happen in your life a while ago that really was life-threatening and it was a big obstacle for you to overcome I want you to I want you to share that story after the break sounds good Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our speakers network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. And we are back to Love Brand You with my guest, Martin Parnell. Martin, before the break, I had asked you to share the story of what happened that was really life-threatening a while ago and what you had to do to overcome it. Yes, in February of 2015, I traveled to Winnipeg to give a keynote and I arrived mid-afternoon the day before my keynote and I wasn't feeling well. I'd had migraines the week before. I was feeling sick and just totally run down the conference hotel and the organizer Suzanne just right away said Martin you look terrible you need to go to the hospital so she took me to the Grace Hospital in Winnipeg and right away they put me in for a CAT scan and what they found Sam was a massive uh, clot on the brain and immediately they put me into an induced coma 24 hours and and my wife, Sue, you know, she gets a phone call. She'd expected me back the next day. She gets a call saying, come to Winnipeg right now. Your husband is in an induced coma. And so uh, Sue came out um, and I, I came out of the coma. Uh, but suddenly from have, you know, running multiple marathons, I now needed help to go from 
20 feet from the hospital bed to the washroom. Uh, there was, I was totally uh, vulnerable, totally um, incapacitated. I was on drugs, I was on morphine, blood pressure pills. And so my life suddenly flipped from being very active to basically zero activity. I had double vision because the clot had pressure on the optic nerve. I was in the hospital there for two weeks, and then I was allowed to return to, to Cochrane, but I was told, sit still. You literally have to stay indoors, do not move. Um, again, I was on a cocktail of drugs, and for another couple of months, uh, it was pretty dark for me. It was things, as I say, it was touch and go. The doctor then said I could start walking, which sort of got me. But in October, so another six months after um, I was diagnosed with the clot, Sue, Sue gave me an article, and it was from the, from the uh, Guardian newspaper, and it talked about a young woman named Zanab who'd run a marathon in Afghanistan. And what really blew me away was uh, she was the first Afghan woman ever to run a marathon, but her training, uh, she had faced challenges that I would, couldn't even uh, comprehend. You know, for me, when I'm running, it's, it's blisters, it might be cold temperature, it might be hydration. But for Zanab, it was abuse, verbal and physical abuse. When she was training on the streets of Kabul, people were yelling at her, prostitute, get off the streets, and they were throwing stones at her and trying to stop her running. So she had to go home to her house and train inside a walled garden. She ran around and around and around just to train. And she did the uh, Marathon Afghanistan in October 2015. Sam, when I read that, I said, I'm sorry for yourself. Come on, let's pick this up, let's get going. And I said, if I got better and if I could run again, I would go to Afghanistan and support the women and girls running the second marathon in Afghanistan. Over the next nine months, I got walking, I got running. I ran the Calgary Marathon in May of 2016. And in late October, I was on a plane to go to Kabul to support the women and girls running the second marathon in Afghanistan. I'm, I, I knew all this, but hearing you tell the story, I'm, I'm shaking my head. Because first off, you know, here you are sitting and really they, they told you not to move because of the clot, because if it did move, it was potentially, you know, life threatening for you, was it not? Yeah, they well, basically there's a sinus cavity across the top of the skull and it was plugged. And basically I was told for two months do not because of the uh, success of the uh, some of the drugs which opened up the cavity a little bit they told me to start walking but, uh, but to be honest Sam when the doctor told me to start walking I think he was he was expecting me to walk from the house to the post bar I pretty quickly got up to eight kilometers a day with my walking with my wife Sue so you know he sort of he sort of opened the door for me and um, that really in what got time period blood flowing I was in, feeling a lot better. Okay, in what uh, time gosh. period? For for those of us, again, because we're talking about goals and, and not to push people, because when it comes to your health, we do have to, you know, we have to listen to the doctors, but we also have to listen to our own body. But for you, I think what I'm thinking about is you were so healthy prior to this event, 
But just to put it in context for our listeners, when the doctor said, okay, you can walk and, you know, thinking that you can walk to the post box and you said, you know, Sue and you are walking up to eight kilometers, what was the time period between the day that you said, okay, I can start walking outside to the time you were up to eight kilometers? Yeah, for me, um, that was a couple of weeks. And, and I want to be sort of clear here. Two things happened when I was in Winnipeg in the hospital. As I was leaving, the specialist said to me, Martin, you could have died twice. And I said, okay, could you explain that? He said, well, the first time was with the clot. If they hadn't have caught that clot within another five to seven dead. So first thing I thank, you know, I thank God for is that I live in a country with access to this type of incredible medical help. So that was number one. You know, I was in Winnipeg. They helped me right away. Number two was, he said, I could have died uh, through a massive heart attack because my blood pressure was through the roof. He said, the fact that I was relatively fit got me through uh, that very difficult post-induced um, coma time. And, you know, that's a lesson I learned, Sam, is that, you know, you, I'm not saying everyone's got to run marathons, but we do need to keep ourselves in relatively uh, good shape, whether it's walking, swimming, biking, I don't care. But the best life insurance you can have is, is keeping uh, relatively fit. And so when the doctor said to me I could start walking, I had a good base of fitness anyway, obviously from you know, my previous um, running and so on. So for me, it didn't take too long to get up to that 8K. I was under the guidance of the specialist. I'm not saying it's for everybody. Follow what the specialist says, and that's basically what happened with me. He approved. Great. I just, I, I wanted to really make that clear because I think sometimes you, you alluded to comparing before that. Sometimes I think we hear, you know, miraculous uh, people like yourself that, that do amazing recovery and, and hit amazing goals. And here I am thinking, wow, you're flying to uh, Afghanistan, you know, a year after, uh, just a year and some after having a life-threatening condition. Again, that's what was okay for you. So setting goals is not necessarily about making the same goals as you do. Setting goals could be completely different for somebody else. So I think the point that I want to make is it's the same principles and guidelines that you're doing to set those goals, you know, what you're passionate about, um, be committed to whatever your goal is, but just to make that point. So let's get back to, uh, when you went to Afghanistan, I want to just, I want you to tell us that story just a little bit while we still have time. Well, absolutely. And, and the, the goal of going to Afghanistan, I have to say this, Sam, that helped my recovery. I mean, mentally, it changed my whole view. So, so I don't care what your goal is, um, you know, whether there's a trauma in the family or to yourself, have something to aim for. And that's all I'm saying. I'm just explaining you know, what it was for me. So I arrived in Afghanistan in October of uh, 2016. And there was a group of women, six of them, Afghan women, who were going to run the marathon and they were supported by an organization called free to run now one of the women uh, four months prior 
was at a school and there was an explosion. Um, a suicide bomber had killed four of her friends and she, she stopped training. She was, she was traumatized. So when I went there, she didn't know if she could do the marathon. But I offered to run with her. I said, let's run together and let's see if we can come in under the seven-hour cutoff time for the marathon. Her name was Kubra. And we started off. Uh, we, we hung together. I ha- helped her with my running a method of running nine minutes and walking one. We reached the halfway stage and we were at three hours and 36 minutes. So we were outside of the cutoff. But Kubra dug deep and with all our determination, we, we headed towards the finish line. We had one kilometer to go with 15 minutes and Kubra started running. So I basically followed her in and we arrived in six hours and 52 minutes. And, and I talk about passing the baton and I really felt that those, six, those seven hours I spent with Kubra, I passed the baton and helped her achieve her goal. And to be honest with you, it was one of the best marathons I've ever done. It was my slowest in terms of my time, but it was one of the best ones I've ever done. And, and that's a big lesson. That's a big lesson for me and I think for all of us. Well, and the point wasn't the time. The point was the very fact that this was called the secret marathon. If I remember correctly, I'd followed the story on Twitter, and and wasn't wasn't there a uh, film crew too? Did did I get that right? That there was a film crew for the marathon. That's correct, Sam. We took a film crew over with us. I I ran with um, a young filmmaker, Z um, and uh, Kate. Uh, you know, wanted to make a film of what we were doing, and the reason. It's called the secret. Not talk about it before we went because of security issues. Right. There was a lot of concern of you know terrorist attacks. So nothing was said on media on social media before we left. And even when we were there, uh, we could tell nobody of the date of the marathon, and we only heard about the route two days before we did it. So the secret okay. marathon. Yeah, we took a film crew, and we're hoping to have the documentary out in uh, in April of next year. But people can still check in on the Twitter feed at the Secret Marathon. Absolutely. Yeah, I please check. Uh, we're still we're still taking questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want you to share. I I want to talk more about the the marathon. I think w- when we get to the little. Uh, part well not the little part when we talk about your books but first because I ask every guest and I don't want to let this question get away from me what is one of your best daily habits that keeps you aligned with you and your brand yeah so for me Sam it's it's looking at my goals on a daily, I don't mean studying them. I just mean when I'm working on something and I reflect on mine with my goals and brand. Just a simple question, you know, if I'm jumping into something. And if, but if it's not, then I say to myself, should I be doing this? And it's just a habit I've got into because there's lots of shiny stuff out there that, that I would love to jump into, yeah. but I just know it's going to take me away from what I believe 
and the the brand the brand that I'm trying to build and work with, which is finish the race attitude. So whether it's um, you know working on my book or whether it's uh, a race I'm going to do, that's good. But if there's something, if somebody wants me, somebody wants me to do something, and it's really not in line, it may look good, but I've got to say no. And sometimes saying no is pretty tough. But as you're talking about that, again, I think I say it every week too, I'm nodding and nobody can see me. But until I learn to do that, until I learn to say to myself, is this, whatever this shiny object is, whatever this request is, is this taking me closer to my goal or further away from my goal? And when I can answer yes, then I consider doing it or will do it. If I say no, then it's an easy decision for me. And it's an easy decision for, other, for me to say to other people too. Because I had the difficulty of saying no to people too. Because again, when you're that helping person, when people would ask me for things or, you know, can you do this? Can you support this cause? Can you volunteer over here? I found I was running into way too many directions and trying to please everybody and, you know, just never say no. But in, until you really get clear about your goal and what what is taking you to it. So I think that is really important for our listeners to to hear as well, that no doesn't mean no for everything, but it does have to happen when it's taking you away from your goals. Sam, if I could just if I could just jump in just to add to that because it really ties in with with this podcast. This podcast, this podcast is called um, Love Brand You, and I'm going to say that, that my my brand, okay, my finish the race attitude, is the overarching piece of of any goal I set. So I think that's something that it took me a long time to develop my brand. And that's a question I think you ask your listeners and I'm asking, you know, what is your brand? What, what, are you, what do you want the world to see when you're on social media, when you're, you're out meeting people? And so that's really something I've worked very hard on the last couple of years. I'm so glad that you, that you made that point. Because again, that's really true for me too. It's some people think that that the brand is the color, the logo. That's very much a piece of it. But really, until you can establish at the essence, the core of the person you are that you want to share with the world, that is your brand. Okay. We talked about your books. I alluded to Marathon Quest at the beginning. Share with our listeners a little bit, just a, just a brief synopsis of your books, what you've got out now, before we get to our parting words. Thanks, Sam. Yes, so Marathon Quest really was the story of uh, me learning to run in the 250 marathons in, in one year. Uh, running to the Edge, which came out in uh, November. November of last year really delves into my um, my clot on the brain and the recovery. It's very much a personal story of of overcoming that particular situation and really sets up the trip to Afghanistan. And the third book, uh, the Secret Marathon, which is coming out in September of next year, 
is the story of, of, of my trip to Afghanistan, but I have, I, have, I have chapters written by the Afghan women. So the women who wrote, who have, um, have contributed chapters. In fact, just recently I received two chapters written in diary, so I had to get them translated. This is gonna be a very raw emotional book and stories of women and girls who have overcome incredible odds just to run a marathon. So I'm very, very excited, Sam, book coming out in September next year. I, uh, I, my mouth is gaping open. I can't wait. I've heard a little bit, but I can't wait. And again, I think I talk every week too about my daughters. I have three teenage daughters. And when I hear stories of women like that, that have to overcome the obstacles that they do, and I discuss with my girls every week. We, we talk about, again, how blessed we are to live where we live and the opportunities that we have. So I can't, I can't wait to read that, Martin. I'm, I'm so looking forward to, to the new book coming out. Tell our listeners how they can connect with you. Absolutely, Sam. Well, if, if they go to my website... Uh, martinprinell.com uh, they can through there send me a message uh, I'm on Twitter Facebook uh, LinkedIn so everything's there that's probably the simplest way I'll be, I'd love to hear from them the, my, my TED talk there there's, there's videos and blogs so that's what I would recommend Sam go to my website okay and I will have that on the show page that they can uh, click on the link there if they want to get directly to your website. Okay. Give us your best parting words of wisdom. <laughs> Okie doke. Uh, I, I talk and I live. Um, having a finish the race attitude, as, as I said, that, that's, that's what's developed and that's kind of where I, I live my life. Um, and it's all about unlocking your potential, whether it's you or me or the folks listening to this, this podcast. That's really what it's all about. So, you know, what I want to say is in life, you don't have to do a lot, but you just have to do something. And my question to you is, what is your something in 2018? What are you going to do? A question, leaving them with a question. Uh, that's, I like that. Something to think about. What's your goal, your passion for 2018? Thank you, Martin. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. And we are at the end of our time. Thanks again, Martin. <laughs> I, I could hear so much more about the stories, and I'm sure our listeners could too. So that just means they just need to pick up your books and connect with you on, on social media and go to martinparnell.com for more about Martin. Head to samrayfoss.com to join my community. Head to iTunes and subscribe to Love Brand You. Listeners, if you like what you heard or you have a comment on today's show, I'd appreciate if you took a moment of your time and left a review. I'm your host, Sam Rafus, and until next time, keep sharing the love.
This is the EWN Podcast Network.